Rencast number 10, Nebraska Renaissance Fair, part 1. Another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of atthefair.com. That's fair with an E at the end or you'll end up at a site with pigs and cows. And this is the Rencast show number 10, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that yes, anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Rencast. 2006 was one of the busiest years I've ever had with Renaissance festivals. Our regional Renaissance reporter has grown from a small newspaper format to a magazine with color cover and and recently added eight more pages of content with the start of our third year. My website, atthefair.com, continues to expand the photo gallery and now has over 36,000 photos taken at Midwest festivals since 1997. And during my absence from producing this podcast, I spent several months documenting the construction of Festival Park here in Des Moines, home of the first permanent Renaissance Festival theme park in Iowa. You can view 40 videos that were recorded during the 90 days leading to the event opening last September by checking them out on YouTube or going to anothercrappypodcast.com and subscribing to the video podcast feed. I guess what I'm saying is I've been pretty busy lately, so it's been nice having a break. But now the snow has melted here in Iowa and summer is right around the corner, so it's time to get back to work on projects including the Rencast. Be sure to drop by anothercrappypodcast.com and click on the world map link. Then mark your spot on my listener world map so I'll know all this work is actually being heard by someone. And while you're there, be sure to check out our pirate comedy show downloadable audio files show, which has also started a new season for 2007. Now, previously on the Rencast, we spent two episodes touring the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair in Wentzville, Missouri. Today, we'll visit the Nebraska Renaissance Fair in Omaha, which, according to Mike Bonk's festival directory at fairs.com, is the only Renaissance festival in the state. This was a long weekend. We started by driving a few hours from Des Moines to Omaha to spend the day at that festival, then we headed down south to visit the Oklahoma Renaissance Festival in Muskogee. Hours of interviews were recorded between the two events, and I'll try to share as much as I can over the next several episodes. The Nebraska Renaissance Fair began in 2003, after the Renaissance Fair of the Midlands in nearby Council Bluffs, Iowa, announced its final year. The idea was to continue some sort of Renaissance activity in the region, but not necessarily in Iowa, which already had plenty of festivals. The location chosen was Ashland, Nebraska, at the C.J. Halling Summer Camp. Ashland was picked as an ideal location to reach the population of both Omaha, about 30 miles away, and Lincoln, also about 30 miles away. Unfortunately, few people showed up the first year during that chilly and windy fall weekend, maybe only a few thousand, and it seemed unlikely the event would happen again. Fortunately, the event organizer was talked into trying it again, and the fall 2004 event showed an increase in attendance. Still not great, but at least it was a step in the right direction. After two years of slow growth, the event relocated to Omaha at a place called Scary Acres, a large Halloween attraction in the region. The reason this happened is kind of interesting. Uh, A local Omaha-area professional magician, Jeff Quinn, had been performing at various Renaissance festivals. Over Halloween, he got booked at Scary Acres, and he made a comment about how it had a large castle facade on front of their main haunted house. Jeff thought it might be a great backdrop for a Renaissance festival, so he passed along that information to others he knew involved with festivals in the area. Now, whether or not this is how and why the Nebraska Renaissance Fair actually came to be located at Scary Acres, I can't say for sure, but it was shortly after this that it was announced that the 2005 event would be relocated to Omaha, 
and be held at Scary Acres. The event would also move from a two-day fall weekend to a much more desirable three-day Memorial Day weekend. Oh, and it should probably be mentioned that after Midlands announced they were going away forever in 2003 and the Nebraska event was established, well, the long-running Midlands events decided to continue. This now gave folks in the Omaha, Nebraska, and Council Bluffs, Iowa area, they're about 30 miles apart, two spring events to have fun at, so pretty good for them. The move to Omaha in 2005 saw attendance levels strong enough to continue, so for 2006, the Nebraska Renaissance Fair would return again over Memorial Day weekend to Scary Acres. It was on the opening Saturday, May 27, 2006, that I made a quick pass through the event to talk to some of the folks there. We start the day by trying to get a bite to eat from Amos Fabulous Foods. I am William Drake, and I am fixing fried rice. For who? For you! Who else? Where do you work? I work at Amos's Fabulous Foods. Like pulling teeth to get a plug out of you guys. It is. And uh, what all do you serve here? I serve fried rice, fried pasta. Uh, we have Oinker Burger. What's an Oinker Burger? An Oinker Burger is one third pound pork, smoke injected, patented powder product out of Atlantic, Iowa. So it's an Iowa original. Yes, it is, sir. And, and what's unique about the Oinker Burger? Unique up on it. Okay, that's it. I'm, done. I'm not talking to anybody here. It's shaped like a pig. Yeah, that's not too late. That's it. We're done. Okay, tell me a little bit about what you do here at Amos Fab Foods. What do I do here? And you start off with your name and what you do. Oh, my name is Brandy, uh, or the Wench. I uh, serve the food. I flirt with all the guys. I take all their money. Um, let's see. What else do we do? All right, cool. What's your favorite thing about working, doing this at a festival? My favorite thing would be flirting with the guys and taking all their money. Right. And uh, what's the, your most effective flirt? My most effective flirt? Um, your treasure chest. My treasure chest. Yeah, it's very nice. And how do you keep those supported? The, the listeners at home want to know. Uh, how do I keep those supported? Um, somebody walks around behind me and holds them up. All right. See, this is why we really need to do a video podcast. <laughs> Seriously, folks, you gotta see them to believe them. Now, moving along, now that we've got our food, we went to go look for some entertainers. I am uh, Eric Weidman, and I do a sort of funny comedy show. Called what? Starboard Bound. It's called Hero School. And what is Starboard Bound? Starboard Bound is our sword fighting troupe. And what do you guys do? Sword fighting comedy shows. Okay, see, we're not getting <laughs> And how long have you been performing at Renaissance Festivals? Uh, about two years. You like it? Yes. What's your favorite thing about Renaissance Festivals? Um, watching people laugh at me. Oh, do they laugh at you intentionally? Most of the time. <laughs> Any closing comments? Um, not really. Now they say comedy can be dangerous, and Eric proved that point later on in the day. Tell us what just happened. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Start with your name again. My name is Eric Wyman. You may have heard me earlier when I was acting like a retard and not being able to answer questions. I decided it would be a good idea to um, roll my ankle over in a hole off of a flip. How's your ankle? This it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically what you're trying to tell people is you guys suffer for your art farm and they should really tip extra when they see a performer, right? Oh, yeah. I feel that, you know, if I'm in pain after a show, that it's a good show. Yeah, usually it's my audiences that are in pain after <laughs> one of our shows. Now, if you could squeeze his ankle while you bandage it up a little so he, he whelps just a little bit so I could get that, that would be really good. Yeah, that would, that would not that be goes, good. That goes against our oh. <laughs> Can I squeeze it a little bit, maybe, <laughs> just after he's done? Maybe okay. later. All right. Okay. So so that's, that's the part of sword fighting that's dangerous. Right. It's not the sharp, pointy things all the time, is it? No, actually, we had no swords. Yeah, that's, it was just you and the ground. Yeah, the ground, you know, took me out once 
once again. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for what you do for us. All right. We've got food, entertainment, injury. I guess we can talk to some merchants. My name is Alex, and I'm with the Heritage Company. And we are looking up people's coats of arms and their crests. And we're also looking up their name history. Okay. And do you do that at a lot of festivals like this? Yeah, actually, this is my first one. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. see, you've got a good target audience. We, we're all into that history stuff. Now, I can't help but notice it's a little windy today. <laughs> yes, it blows. Yes. Uh, in fact, for those of you that are listening at home, uh, he's holding up part of their tent right now because wind has already taken down about two of them around there. Did you expect it to be this windy? Um, no, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, most festivals aren't. Now, you obviously haven't been here that long. The festival's mm. only been open a few hours. But what have you noticed about the clientele here compared to other places you've been? Um, well, again, this is my first one, but uh, everyone is very helpful. Very helpful. You Are all these people the three, holding up your tent? Yeah, by the three people on the other corners. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, well, you know, I should probably check with you later on to see how you go to see if you're going to come back. Because after the wind, after the heat, after the freaky people with microphones, you might just change your mind. I'll be we'll back. Be here the next few days. <laughs> and how can somebody find out more about you guys and what you do? Um, they can look up the Heritage Company online. It's heritagestores.com. Heritagestores.com. All right. Yes. Any, any closing comments? Um, no. <laughs> Good luck with your team. Where there's wind, it blows. <laughs> I guess I could point out that all the wind this festival saw when it was in Ashland followed it right to Omaha. I'm Captain Madblade McGinnis of the Revise, and I'm here to go and entertain people and just see how things are. It's a marvelous fair. Do you do, do that at a lot of festivals? I do a few. Okay, and what's your favorite thing about um, adding entertainment to festivals? Well, that's color, and, and the people makes them happy. When they're happy, happy, they spend more money, and, and everybody's happy. What do you get out of it? I just come here for sheer enjoyment. Okay. How long have you been doing this kind of thing? Oh, a few years. A few years? What's your favorite thing about festivals? Just coming to them, enjoying them. The goods are really neat. And acts are pretty cool to see every now and then. Oh, I guess I should mention, in addition to wind, there were also pirates. Uh, and speaking of... My name is Cordelia Sextant, and I'm here looking for the cabin boy. There's no cabin boys here, only cap. Sorry. That's... So, okay, now, for those of, uh, listening that don't know, Cordelia was the original pirate wench with the pirate comedy show. Yes, she was. And uh, Nebraska right. Renaissance Festival was uh, the, the first place oh, we played that you couldn't be part Bill. of the show. No, you were here. I was here, yeah. Nebraska Renaissance Festival <laughs> was the show in 2003 that made us turn this into an actual act instead of a one-time event. Exactly. So uh, tell me a little bit about your experiences with the Nebraska Renaissance Fair. Well... Um, it started out as a really small fair out in Ashland, and that was a really nice site, but it seemed kind of empty. And uh, Greg at one point decided to move it to Scary Acres, and the Scary Acres site is really nice. It was windy in Ashland too, though, right? Oh yes, it was windy. So It's always windy. <laughs> so why, why do you do Renaissance festivals? Because I'm insane. Insane. Yes, I'm completely yeah. mad. Okay, since you've done a lot of things from just going and from performing, what's your favorite thing uh, to do or about Renaissance festivals? My favorite thing about Renaissance festivals would be John Paul. Oh, there we go, and I think that's all we need. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Now, on an unrelated note, um, Cordelia Sexton, otherwise known as Alicia, also has a highly successful knitting podcast. Search for Lime and Violet sometime. They're doing uh, great works out there, and unlike these Renaissance Festival podcasts, they actually have thousands upon thousands of listeners. But what they don't have is wooden swords. Lord Kenneth and, and Lady Deborah. We do swords and shields 
for the young squires. Young squires, which means they're the wooden swords and shields. The wooden swords and shields for the young squires. Which are ideal for defending against wooden dragons. And wooden dragons and styrofoam ones and plastic <laughs> ones. And, <laughs> and how, long have, how long have you all been making, um, making stuff like this? Oh, about Four eight years. years. Yeah, eight years. Eight years? Uh -huh. Eight years? Do we, okay, we're going to have to like average out the answers here. And you have swords, shields, daggers. Uh, slingshots. Slingshots, wow. Those are, you know, they're almost historic by this point. Axes and hammers also. Wooden axes and hammers. Yes. And all the uh, beautifully painted uh, shields. Now, what is your most popular item with the kids? The swords. The swords? The okay. swords. The swords. Do they like the bigger ones or do they like the daggers? Uh, they like the bigger swords. Okay. Sometimes they like the bigger swords. And what is your favorite thing about selling at Renaissance festivals? Camaraderie. Yes. It's always about the people. And the name of the business again? Weapons of the Wood. Thank you much. From sticks to defend against dragons to sticks with stuff on them to eat. I'm the pickle man. My name is Mike, and I sell lots of big, long pickles. From your cart here? Yep, from my cart. So you push this cart up and down the festival lanes? All day long. And you sell pickles? Rain or shine. Pickles. And, and people people go for that? Yep. Just, all they do, they love them a dollar a pickle. Okay. Bring your wives out, and I'll hit on them for you. There you go. And, and, and what's your favorite thing about selling pickles at a Renaissance festival? All the fun. The fun. Yeah. There's so much fun here. How long have you been doing this? About eight years now. Eight years of pickles? Yep. So in eight years' time, how many pickles do you think you've sold? Uh, the biggest show I ever did was a thousand. A thousand pickles. And that was a small fair. That's a whole bunch of pickles. All right. And how do you how do you tell people you've got pickles? I usually scream and holler. And... Okay. Let's let's hear what you got. I got the biggest, the longest, the hardest pickles any woman would want. Makes every man jealous. Just like that. Oh, we're talking to her next. Very good. Any closing comments? Uh, come on out. We'll have lots of fun. I'll uh, pick on you and your wives and your children, and we'll have a good old time. And pickles. And pickles. Lots and lots of pickles. I um, have nothing further to add to that. All right, so this will be for the Rencast, heard by literally... Do Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry, distracted. Um, who are you and what do you do here? Oh, my name is Putsin. I am the gypsy face painter. Oh, you paint gypsies. No, no, I paint faces. Oh, but you're a gypsy face I painter. Am. I am, because I travel from here to there to everywhere. Oh, you're the gypsy. I am the gypsy, yes. I'm sorry, I was confused there. <laughs> and uh, how long have you been painting faces? Uh, 20 years, my lord. Okay, now, is this your primary form of art? Yes, it is. Really? Yes, this is and how I make a living. How long have you been doing faces? I mean, it's 20 years. 20 That's when years. We did that. We'll see that we edit that yes, part out because yes. I sound stupid. <laughs> um, how long is that? have you been doing this at Renaissance festivals? 20 years. 20 years. So you started 20 years ago and said, I think I'll paint faces at a Renaissance festival. I did. Where did I you did. start out? Uh, I started out at Scarborough Fair. <gasps> From my home state. That was the, one of the first festivals I ever went to. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yep. And what's your favorite thing about painting faces at a Renaissance festival? Oh, well, I love I love being able to uh, get real close and touch people. And uh, yeah, his, like his eyebrows are going up, yes. And uh, and just and, and doing beautiful art and making people feel lovely and gorgeous and, and, and loved. And you have great inventory because all you have to do is make sure you have brushes and paint. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. brilliant. Yes. Smartest yes. one here. <laughs> Better than the pickle guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I okay. agree with that. And uh, any closing comments? Oh, don't paint, don't, don't date a pickle guy. Don't date a pickle yeah, guy. don't date a pickle guy. <laughs> and how can someone learn more about you and what you do? Ah, uh, they could go to otiscottis.com. All right, thanks very much. Thank you, my lord. So, walking through the village, you see a lot of interesting things. People with swords beating up on each other, and occasionally you see people beating up on, well, clay. Hi there, what are you doing? 
I am wedging clay to remove the air bubbles. Oh, so you must be some kind of potter. Yes, I am. What is your name and who are you with? I am Chris the Klutz with the Potter's House. And uh, what does the Potter's House do? Well, we um, demonstrate pottery and we do functional wear. Um, pitchers, mugs, bowls, um, tankards. Now, do you do a lot of uh, Renaissance festivals? Yes, we do. And uh, out of all the places that you've made or demonstrated, how do Renaissance festivals compare to other places you could be doing this at? They're a lot more fun. A lot more fun. What's your favorite thing about Renaissance festivals? Being outside. Really? Being out, <laughs> even when it's 94 degrees? Okay, you've been in the sun too long. And um, how can somebody learn more about, about what y'all do? Um, take some pottery classes? At your, no, 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 about okay. the potters about here. Um, come to a Renaissance fair. I'm getting that a lot. You know, we need to introduce all you Renaissance people to websites. <laughs> Webs, I'll explain in 500 years. Uh, Bev has one, I don't know what it is. Ah, uh, okay, see we won't put that part in. <laughs> eh, so I lied. Now, there is something interesting that I think I may have first seen at uh, this or the previous event. It was a brand new, uh, well, here, let me let them explain. Have you seen the latest in Renaissance era games? What is the latest in Renaissance era games? How can there be a latest in Renaissance era games? Hey, you, you started, how can there be a latest in Renaissance era games? Thank you for asking. All right. The latest in Renaissance era games is called Huzzah. Huzzah! Would you tell me about Huzzah? I would be happy to tell you about Huzzah. Huzzah is a Renaissance scavenger hunt. Uh-uh! There? There? That is Robin Hood! Hello, Robin Hood! Thank I'm you, right. Robin! We must flip Robin Hood over. over. Okay, now we're looking at a board with little tiles on it, all fit together like a, like a bunch of square puzzle pieces for beginners. And each tile has something on it, such as Robin Hood, Unicorn, Basket. Tell me what your sword is in, please. Uh, scabbard. A scabbard. scabbard. Oh, scabbard isn't on it's this not board. On this scabbard. Board. See, there are 98 tiles in all, and there's only 24 of them on any yeah. given board to play. Okay, so, so it's kind of like bingo. Kind Blackout. of. Similar. Yes. Like a now, if you get five in a row, across, oh. down, or diagonal, okay. Once you do that, and they are all flipped over, you shout, "Huzzah!" Oh, so it's oh, like tic-tac-toe. No. More like bingo. bingo. Okay. <laughs> five in a row. Huzzah. Okay. Let's start this the right way. Who are you, and what do you do here? We are fair and foul. And you are. And we are purveyors of fine medieval toys, games, puzzles, soap. Feathers, fans, etc. Okay, and tell me a little bit about uh, about the types of things you sell. Now we've we've talked about this huzzah game. Now this is new. This is new. Brand new. And it's it's branded. I noticed that Fair and Foul Gifts has a, a piece which you know you're out of luck if you draw that at a festival that you guys are not at. No, that is a free space. Oh, you free can space. Always once use once it. you once you have purchased the game, it is always there. That's brilliant. Oh, oh, that is a pair of leashed pets. That is a pair of these pets, and that is a pickle man. That is not on this board either. Is the pickle, pickle man, man on is not on this board. Oh, this is brilliant. Wench with a fur tail, juggler, smoke, turkey leg, bare feet, bare feet, bare. Okay, here, fine. fine That's fine. bare feet. Bare feet. <laughs> That's cheating. And uh, okay, how can somebody learn more about you guys and what you do? Ah, uh, they could contact us at fairandfowl.com. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you, and that is fair with an e. I have to say that on my podcast. I knew I wasn't the only one. Anyway, look for Fair and Foul and check out this Huzzah game. They even have expansion packs now with additional tiles. It's really neat. But then you have a whole bunch of bags of, of game pieces you have to juggle around. Ooh, juggling. I'm Dan the Juggling Man. And I am Juggling Jesse. Together we're the Gravity Works Jugglers. Okay, and what do you do? We do juggling. Really? You, you juggle? Knives, fire, 
Oh, fire. That's Pins, volunteers. Yeah, yeah. Do you do any type of juggling that we haven't already seen a billion times? I mean, come on, jugglers, come on. We juggle back to back. Oh, back Absolutely. to back. Absolutely. We are a team juggling duo, so we have a lot of very special, unique tricks. One of those is a back to back bongo board. I don't know if you've ever seen a single board, but we do it back to back together. Another thing that we do is uh, really unique ball work between two guys. That most people juggle two clubs between the two of them, but we do balls. He likes to play really... with my balls, and I like to play with his. All right. Right. See, this would make a lot of sense if I was a juggling enthusiast. Now, how long have you guys been juggling? Uh, I've been juggling over 20 years. Uh, about six years. Six years, and how long have you been together as Gravity Works? Two and a half. Two and a half. Two have you half, done many Renaissance festivals? Uh, actually, not a whole lot of Renaissance festivals, but uh, all types of corporate events, festivals, you name it. What do you like about Renaissance festivals? They're good a lot crowds. of fun. Really? Crowds are really good. Crowds? Okay. Crowds, they, they're going to get big kick out of it. They're easily excitable. Oh, he's, <laughs> I'm not sure we should be too happy about that. And uh, how can someone learn more about you guys and what you do? Um, on our website, it's at www.gravityworksjugglers.com, or you can just type in uh, Gravity Works on Yahoo or Google, and that'll show up. All right, any closing comments? Go Renfair. Huzzah! <laughs> yeah. Now, I should point out that my arch nemesis was at this event. It was the Boy Scouts that run the highly rigged crossbows that I battle every year at the Iowa Renaissance Festival in the Amana Colonies. But they tell a much nicer side of the story. All right, well, this, this will be heard by literally dozens of people on the Internet. It's the best of both worlds, Renaissance festivals and Internet. Yeah, you can imagine our audience. All right, who are you and what are you doing here today? I am selling shots on the crossbow today. Shots, so it's an alcohol Yes, yes, it's uh, a mix of rum and, and arrows. And arrows, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's, great combination. Yes. Uh, and, and who's doing this? Uh, the crossbows here? This is Troop 160 out of Ames. It's Boy Scout Troop. All right. And so we're putting this on, and this is our fundraiser to help uh, send our kids to camp. Okay, why crossbows? Crossbows, that's an interesting question. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an age-old story, I think. Uh, we've had the crossbows for as long as I know. And then somebody went, ooh, Renaissance Festival. Yeah, the mix was great. Okay, so you actually have people come over here and shoot these wooden crossbows at yeah. uh, balloon targets. Yes, they were hand-built. Crossbows and uh, arrows are all hand-built by the scouts themselves. And, Excellent. Uh, so we have uh, targets and uh, three three uh, bolts or arrows for a dollar. And if you hit a balloon and pop it, you get a another free shot. You know, that never happens, trust me. Oh, I've does. tried. I've been here. <laughs> okay, and so in a, in a busy day, how many, and this is how I get to show off my crossbow knowledge, how many bolts would you say get shot in a busy, busy day here? On a busy, busy day. Busiest ever. Oh, my goodness. Thousands. Thousands. Oh, I believe and, so. And here's the important part. Out of those thousands, how many actually hit balloons? Three. Two. 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 That's, see, that's, that's good point. odds. That's good, uh, good okay. odds. So the scouts are great at building these contraptions like your booth and crossbows, but not good at the alignment, I noted. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we, we, uh, we need to sight in some of our crossbows. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yes, you're welcome. All kidding aside, I really love those guys. It's their crooked crossbows I can't stand. And speaking of homemade root beer... Well, my name is Neil Bentley, and I uh, run the Bud's Homemade Root Beer at, at different various Renaissance festivals. Okay, tell me a little bit about Bud's Homemade Root Beer. 
Bud's Homemade Root Beer originally started as a, uh, a rendezvous type event when Bud Harder, who's a proprietor, started uh, down near St. Louis and researched his family recipe for homemade root beer that he knew his grandma made and his grandma, or not his grandma, an older generation who was one of the original inhabitants of Alton, Illinois, which is alongside the river right across from St. Louis. Um, so he, he, and he developed the recipe from his old, from an old recipe and he started doing it about 30 years ago. Oh wow. And, uh, and I came along uh, 28 years ago, I guess, and met his son Andy and that's how I got involved with it. So you're a friend of the family. Yes, exactly, exactly. Good way to put it. Like, okay. Almost like another son. <laughs> like another son. So how many Bud's root beers are there then? Well, at any given time, there can be five of us out there because Bud and his wife Barb still go out and do some shows. Uh, he has three sons. Danny's the oldest. Then there's Scott and, and Andy. Andy's a, the, uh, the, the guy I grew up with. And then there's myself and my wife who go out together. Okay, and you're saying this is actually made real homemade root beers? It is. Family honest, recipe? Honest to gosh, real homemade root beer made, without a, made out of real roots. Um, anymore, when you buy root beer, it's almost always chemically made. Okay. Uh, you know, chemically flavored to taste like the real root beer, but this is made with real roots, and, and we have two different kinds of roots, but I can only tell you that one of them is licorice. The other one oh, still needs to be a secret. Like that stuffing, <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. Exactly. Spices. Eleven herbs and spices. Oh, eleven. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, what all do you guys have? Root beer and what else? We also do the Queen's Cream. We call it, which is cream soda, uh, and we, we can do a diet root beer at times, uh, a lot of times it's by request, since we don't do very much of it. Um, but the unique thing about a root beer, other than it being truly homemade, is the bottles that we sell. We have uh, various different sizes and colors of bottles. Uh, the most popular are blue, the, uh, the uh, I can't remember what, kind of, what color blue we call it, uh, but also cobalt. large green, yeah, thank you, cobalt blue, and also large green jugs and small brown bottles. Okay, and why do I care about bottles? Why do you care about bottles? Well, because they look pretty and the root beer tastes better in them. Really? <laughs> of course it does. Sounds like an expensive way to buy a drink, if you ask me. <laughs> well, it is. And we also do cups for those consumers who are not uh, who are not as interested in bottles. But with the bottles, we also offer a refills. Um, which See, are now we're getting interesting. Quite economical way to purchase your root beer. Okay, so that's for the diehard fans. You bet. Well, I see your bottles all over the place, which makes me wonder, in a, in a busy, busy day, how many bottles do you go through? I couldn't give you the number of bottles I go through just because I don't know. I don't keep track of that. But I could tell you that that are large barrels, uh, which are, at this time I'm running three of them. Um, I will probably refill all three barrels four or five, maybe even six times a day on a really busy day. Wow, that's a lot of root beer. It is, it is a lot of root beer. What is your favorite thing about selling root beer at a Renaissance festival? My favorite thing at a Renaissance festival, I think, is the spirit in which people come to these festivals. You know, we, people come to a Renaissance festival expecting to step back in time and see different products that were unique to that time, to see different people and, and different actions and different languages. And it's hard to find that at other at other places, I think. Cool. And how can somebody learn more about Bud's Homemade Root Beer? Probably the easiest way is to come talk to me when you see me at a festival. Um, otherwise. We do have, I don't, I don't think we have any websites. There used to be a website, but I don't know. It hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. The Bud's Homemade Root Beer guys are just all really nice, and they're also one of the merchants that have built permanently at Des Moines Festival Park, along with the Potter House, whom we spoke with earlier. But as of this recording, that place wasn't open yet, so we'll just move right along and forget I mentioned it. I am Magistrate Lord Drake Buchanan, and I run the jail at this fair. The jail? Is that all you're doing around here? Uh, no. I also perform a magic show. Oh, I found a magician. Yes. How long have you been performing? I've been performing for 12 years. Well, 12 years? You don't look that old. I am 
uh, 24. Well, you know, you did get start young. Okay, yes, good. I did. Okay. And what? Uh, how long have you been doing Renaissance festivals? I've been doing Renaissance festivals for the last four years. Okay. And what is your favorite thing about performing at a Renaissance festival? Uh, the interaction with the public. Good people. Yes, very good people. Okay. And what are you known for? What is your trademark? Uh, my trademark is the magic show that I do. I produce a American flag, and then after that, I pull out a live white dove. Ah, doves and the American flag. Well, you know, we can't boo that. Right, right. All right. How can somebody learn more about you and what you do? They can visit weeklyproductions.com. Weekly, or like once a week, W-E-E? W-E-E-K-L-E-Y. Oh, oh, okay. See, that's important. Yes. Dot com. Dot com. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. It is truly the people that make Renaissance festivals so special, and that's part of the reason we're willing to dress up in seven layers of clothing and go out on a hot day and uh, prance around in tights or whatever. Now, we're only halfway through this festival, but unfortunately, we're all the way through this episode of the Rencast, which means if you want to hear the rest of the interviews from the 2006 Nebraska Renaissance Fair, you're going to have to stay subscribed and listen for part two, which I will get edited and posted a lot sooner than the time it took between number 9 and 10. I promise. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit atthefair.com, again, that's fair with an E at the end, where you can browse over 36,000 digital pictures I've taken at Renaissance festivals throughout the Midwest, including this one. And if you want to drop me a note, visit anothercrappypodcast.com and send some feedback. This has been the Rencast Show number 10, Nebraska Renaissance Fair Part 1. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the fair. Another crappy podcast production. The music used at the beginning and ending of this podcast is Packington's Pound by the Iowa-based Orcs and Trolls Madrigal Singers. To learn more about this and other equally exciting podcasts, be sure to visit www.anothercrappypodcast.com. If you'd like some print to go with this audio, be sure to check out the Regional Renaissance Reporter, a quarterly magazine dealing with all things Renaissance festival-related, now in its third year. A one-year subscription is just $8, and two years is a mere 14 bucks. but those rates will be increasing soon, so subscribe today. You can learn more at www.renreporter.com. If there was anything else we had to mention or plug, we'd be plugging and mentioning it here right now. If you have something we should mention or plug, be sure to contact us because, well, we have space to fill. We now present the end of the podcast.